What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Now a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here joined by someone who won't serve you any of his cheesecake if you draft Nicky Lopez from him. And that's Art Torney Benny, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going well. I mean, I, I think I'm glad you brought up the uh, the triple players ball draft because I got to say, David, you've become one of the slower drafters in the room. I think <laughs> you, you, you are you are not on top. You're 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 sometimes even going past two two hours. I'm like, what is going on? Do you have other things to do with your time, and why? I mean, that's all I want to know. Yeah, sometimes real life's been real life's been hitting me hard recently. So I'm <laughs> trying to make the picks at a good time, but I do see the you're sending me the on the clock gif with the girl that's staring now. And oh my I'm, god, I'm she's like, fantastic. Oh, oh, it's it's a scary sight for those that haven't seen it. But cheesecake definitely lets me know when I'm on the clock. But uh, I'll tell you all somebody here that uh, I think has that same type of stare that that girl has. It's a man who's very rude on the triple play TikTok as he does lots of pointing. And that's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? You know, I thought you were going to say with the stare because I can go 10 minutes without blinking. That's a good, That would have been a better transition if I was a better host. Yeah, I mean, there's always room to improve, David. It's, it's yeah. good to know. Did you, are you going to stop pointing in your TikToks? You know, I made a TikTok today and I didn't point just for you. You guys have to check out these five guys. I'm telling you, they're going to be sorry. Like, sorry, I can't be as good looking as you, David. Okay, nothing, looks have nothing to do with just David. Being you're hotter than me. Okay, okay. Just I don't know. How, we're going to transition. I don't know how to do that, but uh, also joining the last member of the crew who doubles as a fantasy baseball analyst and a professional badminton player. I was told that is Marty Tallman. Even though I have no basis off that, it's just based off my hunch. Are you good at badminton, Marty? I have never played badminton before, but I did play tennis once in high school, and um, I did okay. Not, nothing to write home about. No, I'm not good at badminton. This is terrible guess. I, wow. you know, I'm almost surprised Marty didn't say, "Yeah, I played tennis with Adam Sandler growing up." <laughs> <laughs> well, also Marty, I should have said, is also now a feature writer over at Fan Tracks too, which is a a big, big time gig and well deserved, my friend. I want to just give you a second. Uh, are, when can people expect to see some of that writing over at Fantrax? Yeah. So first, just want a, a major shout out to all of you guys. You know, that's the, the biggest reason I'm there. Eric Cross, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And I got my WordPress credentials today. So I'm going to be knocking stuff out here within the next week. All right. I love it. Make sure you check that stuff out. But without further ado, I'd say the best for last. Our guest that you see on the bottom of our screen. Guys, this guy is big time. We welcome in a man. Oh, yes. Hold on. I need you guys to to stay here. We welcome in a man. You could say he's a winner as he won the first pitch Arizona NFBC DC League drafted in 2018. And he also won a shot on the Triple Play Fantasy podcast from PitchCon. I mean, I wish I could win something in my life. He's won at least two things right there. This man is a financial analyst in the Columbus, the well, Columbus area. He's got two boys, coaches, baseball, and soccer, several other sports. He's a lifelong Guardians fan, and his dream job after retiring from his current career is being an usher at a Columbus Clippers game. I can't think of any more thing more specific than that. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is just a master best ball player, master fantasy baseball player. He's played since 2005, 
on ESPN. Guys, I'm so pumped to welcome in our guest tonight, Mark Gannon. How's it going, man? Good, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, you guys put a great show. PitchCon was awesome, so this is a you know, great prize to win, and I'm uh, really excited to be here with you guys tonight, talking third base. Mark, we've been friends for five minutes now. You can li- It's okay. You don't have to lie to us anymore. I know this was not the prize you wanted, but it's okay. We're, we're glad to have you anyway. So it's. I heard the guys the other night that were uh, you know, saying nice things about you guys, so I figured I should follow suit uh, the guys you had on the other night. So. Well, we, again, we appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to have some fun today. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about, as in tonight's episode, we have our third base preview. And just like the Seinfeld reference, our position previews are here, and they're spectacular. So we're going to go over players we like, players we're fading, some late-round gems, and much more. So you can expect some great disagreements, debates, and tons of information for when you draft your fantasy baseball team when we eventually have a baseball season at some point, of course. Then we'll go to our question of the week in the bullpen, which is if you could talk with any MLB player, past or present, who would you want to talk to and what would it be about? And then our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we hit do it for you. Let's dive in. Let's start talking with some headlines. I just want to hear real quick, just around the horn, just, you know, give me like 60 seconds or less answer here. Mark, I'm gonna start with you. What are your thoughts about the universal DH being implemented do you think it's going to take away more the nostalgia and strategy, or do you think that this now is going to be something that was long overdue? And uh, do you think it's going to be more beneficial for Major League Baseball? Yeah, I'd say like five, ten years ago, I was all for the strategy. You know, watching the National League, it was more interesting, more fun. But I'd say now, I say it's time for the universal DH. I think lots of positional flexibility. You know, lots of moves the managers are making. I don't, I don't think it's any more interesting watching the pitcher bat when. You've already got guys hitting the bottom of the order, hitting 190. Do we really need to watch guys come up there flailing and getting injured and that sort of thing? So I'm all for it. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, just going to shout out our guy, Mike Carter, checking in. Mike Carter's the man. Nice to see you, buddy. Um, I'm going to pull up the exact stat from last season because uh, Joe, our friend Joe Pisapia put up the pitcher's batting line from last year in 2021, just how bad it was. So, Doc, what are your thoughts while I pull that up? Yeah, I think it's about time. I mean, you talk about some pitchers that really don't even care. Like Taiwan Walker added a bat last year, literally just came and watched three pitches go by, not even make an effort. It's such a disadvantage for pitchers that have to pitch in the AL that usually that DH will go to a power hitter. I think just make it universal. It's stupid that one league goes by one rule and one league goes by the other. It's such a big change. And you know, th- this way you're able to provide more jobs, I guess, for hitters, you know, people that can serve as DH in the NL and people like Nelson Cruz that aren't only bound to 15 teams. So I love it. Yeah. And so the exact stat, so pitchers in 2021 hit a slash line of 108, 147, 137. They accumulated 4,157 at bats and had 2,143 strikeouts. So they struck out over 50% of the time and hit 108. As a collection, pretty, pretty bad. I think it's, it definitely was in due time. Now, Art and Marty, I'm sure you guys are on this. Are you guys in the same boat and we can slide on over to our next topic here? Yeah, same page. And a lot of those kids have, they stop batting at the age like 15 or 16. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're in the major leagues and they have to go, you know, against Shane Bieber or somebody. It's just, it's stupid. So good on them, MLB. You, you finally did something right. <laughs> Far and few in between these, these things that they do right. 
All right. Well, that was just our just headlines from the past week. Obviously, if we hear anything new in negotiations, we will let you guys know. But now it is time to get into our third base preview. We're going to look at our favorites and fades from the third base position, ranked 1 through 15, 16 through 30, and then our favorite late round gem after the 30th third baseman. And we use NFBC data about a month out. So right now we're going to be looking since January 20th. So things can change as we kind of shift more and more towards the potential season going on here. And as I pull the NFBC board up, I want to start off with our guy, Mark, here. Who is your favorite first baseman in the 1 through 15 range? Now consider that cost could potentially be something that factors into why you might like or dislike a guy. I'd say if I'm picking two or three or four and Jose Ramirez is there, I'm absolutely taking him. Um, bring, you know, average, decent average, great speed, power, everything. But if you're not picking in the first couple picks, you're not going to get him. So I, I went with Nolan Arenado here. I mean, I think he's, mm. you know, you look at him, you can pencil him in for 30 homers, 100 RBIs, 80, 85 runs every year. I looked at, He's averaged 672 plate appearances over the last five years, if you leave out 2020. And, you know, I look at Bregman or Chris Bryant, might have been two other guys I liked that were sort of proven. But the injuries there, I mean, you might get 200 at-bats. Um, so I think Nolan Arenado is not real exciting. Um, his peripherals still look pretty good in St. Louis last year after leaving cores. He adjusted a bit. So, yeah, I think pencil him in there. And, uh, you know, you got a nice, solid third baseman there in – I think about the sixth round or so. Nolan Arenado is not sexy, but he accumulates a lot. Whoa, of chill. He is. Okay. Well, he accumulates a lot of plate appearances. And even though he's out of cores, he's been somebody I think people talk about. There's like a drop off at third base to where you're kind of feeling a little bit scared of who you're drafting there. And he's, I think, a right around that comfortable area. Him and Bregman. I mean, Bregman's coming off, uh, you know, offseason surgery. But I think this is around the drop off. Uh, where you, you're starting to have more questions at that position. He's very st- he's very stable. You know what you're getting with him. And, Doc, that's why I think you like him so much, too. Yeah, I mean, right now he has an ADP of 72, and he's consistent. You know, he missed uh, 12 games during the lot, or during the shortened season because of an elbow injury. But before that, or the last six full seasons, 157, 155, 156, 159, 160, and 157. So, He's locked in for almost an everyday role. I mean, first season in St. Louis, the average went down, but still 34 homers, 105 RBIs. Um, but he has a career 288 average. So hopefully you you hope that it picks up a little bit. And I look at the positives. He had the highest launch angle of his career. His barrel percentage and his hard hit percentage are right in line with his career averages. So pencil him in for 30-plus homers, 100-plus RBIs, and hope for a little bit of a better batting average. Yeah. I mean, at this point right now, I think, I don't know how much more you could expect him to step forward. I think at this point, he's kind of a guy that he is what he is, or maybe he starts decreasing some, but again, a very safe pick as the sixth third baseman off the board right now on NFBC cheesecake. You like Ryan McMahon. And I know our, our guy Bubba is a big Ryan McMahon guy too. Why are you such much, so much in the Ryan McMahon brain here? Uh, well, McMahon has has uh, above average uh, production at every one of the uh, five Roto statistical categories. He's currently going at ADP 161 around there. I, I have him. Yeah, 160, 161. Um, and he's second base and third base eligible. I have him projected 
as the eighth best third baseman this season. And I have him as the eighth best third baseman from last season. And he's currently going as the 15th third baseman going off the board. So I think just based upon those numbers, he's, he's, you're getting him at a, at a steep discount, but he's, like I said, he's, he was a slightly above average in steals and average batting average and, uh, and well, and well above average in power RBIs and runs compared to the average uh, third baseman or corner infielder from last season. So I, I just think that he's he's providing a good value and he's has a solid spot in the Colorado lineup. He's going to hit fourth or fifth. He's one of their few left-handed hitters as well. So um, I just I just think that he's solid and he's a good producer. Do you think that with his Rockies lineup being a lot worse next year, the fact that they seem kind of maybe he's people some prospect fatigue on him. Do you see that he could potentially slip further in drafts than where he's going? I know you can obviously, we can see his min and his max. And right now, 110 min, 199 max. Where do you feel comfortable, if Ryan McMahon is your guy, where do you feel comfortable drafting him? Well, McMahon is is kind of, he's he's right there with Urias and and Turner and him. And him. That's kind of where I'm, the last person I would want to get as my starting third baseman, one of those three. Um, I, I like McMahon because he's tech generally going last out of those three, but I think they're all pretty good, pretty good returns. Um, McMahon, I, I don't see him slipping because I think there are a lot of concerns about the next sort of level down. Um, so I think that, that that sort of that sort of thought is probably fairly common within the industry. I would jump him. I would probably take him, uh, jump him up around or so if I if I felt like uh, if I felt like uh, I, I was I was getting to the end of the third baseman that I liked. I would jump him around, and I probably yeah I'd probably jump him over Turner um, for next year. Even though Turner um, Turner is played one fifty one last year, I think that that. He might uh, he might not play that much again next year. Okay, all right, fair enough. Now, Marty, I didn't forget you. I'm curious, your favorite third baseman going off the board. If if I listened to triple play at all over the last month or so, I think many people know who you would go. Or I knew for a fact where you were going with this mm-hmm. one. Why don't you let the audience know why you've now become the Mister Cabrian Hayes? Even so, that our guy Brennan Tuna appointed you the biggest Cabrian Hayes fanboy this off season. Yep. And I, I will take that title and I will run with it. And the reason being, so after a stellar, a stellar rookie year, he was amazing um, in the, um, in the shortened season last year, he just got hurt. You know, every time he came back, he got hurt again. He hurt his wrist that sapped his power. Um, and he just wasn't be able to find his footing. So, Overall, though, if you combine his two seasons, over 491 plate appearances, he's slashing 280, 340 with a 432 slug. He has 11 home runs with 10 stolen bases. So at his current ADP, he's uh, the 11th third baseman off the board. He's ranked as my 10th third baseman, so he's it's pretty much right there. And he's going uh, 139th overall. So where he is sitting, he gives you the opportunity at third base, like a, a home uh, Jose Ramirez light. 20 home runs, 10, 15 steals, a good batting average. He'll be he'll be batting atop the Pittsburgh Pirates order. He's uh, penciled in as the leadoff hitter. And as long as he stays healthy, you're going to get a ton of production from him. And we don't even know his ceiling yet. So draft and just enjoy. Now, Marty, I got to ask you, he's the 11th third baseman going off the board. How high do you have him? 
Where would you, I, as far as you where you rank him? Yeah, so I would just put him just ahead of DJ Lemayhew. He's my tenth. Okay, top ten. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, Cabrian Hayes, or you can get the discount of Ryan McMahon. Um, I will. I will gladly skip out on that, and the reason being is the stolen bases. So. Mm-hmm. If you miss out on Jose Ramirez, I want to give um, every single one of my positions, I want five to 10 steals. You know, don't draft a guy who's going to get you zero, especially if he's going to be your starting third baseman. So for me, it's Hayes, easy. And I know I pointed out, that, um, I believe it was, my guy, I call him Toby Pancakes, but Batflip Crazy, if you guys know him on Twitter, he pointed out that the 80th percentile for stolen bases last year was 119. Mm-hmm. So when you draft your guys, you want to try to aim for around that 119 range. So with Marty's thinking right there, he doesn't have to do it all in one or two guys. You can spread it out a bunch amount of bunch of guys here. So yeah, and that way you just limit risk, right? So that that way, if if you take one of the you know Mondesi, you know, and he he gets hurt, you just lost all of your stolen bases right there. Right. Definitely make sure you spread out the risk, like you said there. Let's go to some players we don't like in this range, and I want to go back to you, Mark. Who is somebody in the one through 15 that you find yourself not drafting too much of? Uh, this was an easy one for me out of Berto Mondesi. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sort of risk averse, especially when you're talking top four rounds. Um, you know, even as hard to find as speed is, I just, I have a real hard time taking a guy there who might not play at all. And, you know, in drafts so far this year, you want to come out with, you know, some saves, some speed probably an outfielder and an ace. And if you, if one of those guys is Mondesi and he gets hurt, you're, you know, you're not going to lose the, lose the league in the draft, but you're putting yourself in a big hole because you probably haven't picked up speed elsewhere. So he just doesn't fit in how I try to construct my, my teams. And if he plays all year and steals 60 bases, then, you know, I'll live with that. So that wasn't you that set the min pick at 16. Uh, Absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) That was was our boy Brent from last week, probably. It could have been. It could have been. And he's a Alberto guy. Uh, cheesecake. Wait, let me are... just hop in. Let me just hop in because me and Mark. I mean, he's a brilliant. Oh, was, guy. That, was that your guy too? And I just told yeah, you that? yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, Go ahead. Hey, hey, I'm all for poo pooing on Mondesi. I mean, look, you're chasing steals. He had 15 and 35 games last year. Kudos. That's impressive. But that's all you're getting from him. Single digit home runs every season of his career, except for one career 249 hitter. He could be part-time to try to save his body, and especially if they bring up your man crush Bobby Witt, a.k.a. the next Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You don't know if he has an everyday role. A career 4.3% walk rate, 30% K rate. It's not for me and Mark. Mark, virtual high-five, buddy. Wow. Maybe you guys shared show sheets or something. Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's just brilliant. He's good-looking. Good. Let's, well, let's go. I see. I see at least one more guy we agree on. Uh, looking at the chat. So, <laughs> hey, look, Mark's been Mark's been in here for less than twenty minutes, and he knows how to use the chat better than Marty does. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's fair. That's yeah. funny. Uh, cheesecake. Let's go back to you. And you're somebody that's not a big fan of. It looks like Mr. Juan Moncada. If I'm not mistaken, Juan Moncada was somebody you liked last offseason. Now you're flip flopping. Why are you? No, no, you know, I I actually had him as one of my fades last year as well. It's a consistent fade, but he did not do as he did not play this past season as I expected him to play. I thought his he dropped his K rate down to a respectable twenty five and a half percent from above thirty by average. But um, last season, the power and the speed 
just went away 14 home runs, three stolen bases. That's just not special. Uh, the speed that was there during his minor leagues, that 70 grade speed, those 50 steal seasons in the minors are just a distant memory. And the 25 home runs that he hit in 2019, that looks like that was his career high. I mean, um, I I want Mankata. I, I went into it going, he hit 265 last year. This is this is a, or 260 or something like that. This is this is a guy who I think I could probably make an argument for it. But the more I dug in, the more I dug in, the more I saw that he just wasn't providing enough special statistics for you. And towards the end of the season, they started batting him lower in the batting order as well. He was batting fifth or sixth about 60% of the time in the second half last year, whereas he was hitting second, third, or fourth every single game during the first half. So um, I think that the, the you know the counting stats that you were hoping for were never there for him last year. He 600-something plate appearances. He only had like 130 runs plus 135 runs plus RBIs. Just nothing special there for me. I'd rather go after Urias, Turner, or McMahon, who I think provide a little bit more pop and and um, and more counting stats. Now, go ahead, Doc. I was going to say, you know that song. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. <laughs> that sounds like you with Moncada. <laughs> yeah, you know, and now Gautier is a singer that we used to know. So, Ooh. Oh, there you go. All right, Marty. Let's talk about the one that you're going to fade in this range. And you brought up his name before, DJ LeMayhew. Does the positional flexibility not like it? The fact that he had a core injury last year, potentially bouncing back, maybe the ball is better. There's so many reasons at the 10th third baseman why I feel like he could be a good value here. But you said, no, 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 Dave. No, 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 no. Because in that same breath, all of those things could be could be bad. Right. And then we'll ha- we'll get the uh, 10 home run DJ LeMayhew that we got last year. And that's not going to help out anyone. So at his uh, current, um, he's the 10th uh, third baseman off the board at pick 108. And yeah, the flexibility is good. I think the um, his expecting batting average was solid. Uh, it was in the 89th percentile. So I think he's going to bounce back from an average perspective. Um, he still doesn't strike out too much. But dude, the, uh, you're going to pick him that high and he's going to give you 10, maybe 12 home runs. I just. I just don't see it. And to be able to, and when you go, I'd rather have Yohan Moncada. I'd rather have Justin Turner. And I would even rather have Matt Chapman. I need some power up there. LeMayhew, no thanks. Hmm. Okay. Well, more for me then. I think he's somebody that I could see bouncing back this year. That's a 10th third baseman off the board. I think he's also with the positional flexibility. I'm a little bit more in on him. Not saying he's going to go back to being a top two or three at the position, but would you play him at third base or is he more likely going to be your second baseman? Cause I can, so that best, makes sense to me. So I, in the triple players ball, he was my first third baseman I took. And I actually slept at the position for so long to where, uh, I had him at second base originally. And then I moved him to third just because I had trouble finding a third baseman. I could play there. And that's one of the reasons I really like him is you can pick him. And then if you feel like at one of those positions, second or third, that you're really slacking, you can put him at that other position. And then, or even first base. And like that alone is just worth it to me because then that way you're not overdrafting somebody later on just because of the positional need that you have at that point. So that that's again, a reason I like him. I'm also buying in a little bit more on, I think that core muscle injury was really sapping some of what we saw from the year before, not the MVP JJ LeMayhew, but somebody that is very much should be on your roster. So um, we'll see how it plays out ultimately, but 
Let's go to now the next range. This is always my favorite part of the show is going the 16 through 30. And this is where we can get really different here. And Mark, where are you getting different on somebody that you're buying once we get past these elite first 15 guys? I'd say he's burned me in the past. And all my comments about safety that I talked about with Arenado go out the window with this guy. I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Josh Donaldson here. Mm. Um, I think if he can stay healthy, I mean, you look at his uh, some of his uh, stat cast data from last year, hard hit rate over 30, almost 34%. Uh, barrel rate was um, 16.7. The low K rate, uh, his BABIP was lower than normal last year. He hit 247, but had an XBA of 308. He stays healthy. I think you can, you know, the Twins lineup isn't the best, but, you know, with the DH, if they can get him over there a little bit, uh, you know, you can get 25, 30 home runs, 150 to 160 runs plus RBIs, which I think when you're looking at someone in the 13th, 14th round, maybe for a corner infield position, is a guy you got to like. And I mean, if he's your corner infielder, uh, you've got some flexibility there if he does get hurt to, to replace him with somebody else. So, I think at, at this price tag, looking at some of these other guys, it's just garbage. You know, some of these guys in this range, and you know, I think he can you know add some value there. And you can really wait on him too. I mean, him going as the 19th third baseman off the board around pick a 200. You know, if you pair him with somebody like a, an Alec Bohm or you know, like a, a Gio Urshela, and you're just like, you know what? If Donaldson gets hurt, I've got other guys that could step in but like if you wait this is not a bad range of you can just grab two of these guys to replace from you know missing out on one of the top guys above i really like that i mean and you mentioned the stat cast page i mean if you were to take a bouquet of these red numbers and just put it in like a bouquet your your wife your girlfriend whoever might think you have like roses or something like there's so much red in it and it's like you can see the potential there the max ev the barrel percentages walk percentages hard hit rates it's it's off the charts so mark i'm very much with you on that one i think that's a great call doc i'm gonna go to you now let me ask you you're somebody that seems to like somebody that i mentioned in this range that has positional flexibility in geo urshela yeah so you know he's a guy that right now third base 22 adp of 271 He's 30 years old, so it's not exactly too old. And the thing that has really plagued him, he just hasn't had a lot of playing time. I mean, the Yankees have really stacked hitting throughout his time with them. Um, but I look at 2019 when he played 132 games, he had 314 with 21 homers, 74 RBIs. Last season, 2021, 116 games, 267, 14 homers, 49 RBIs. And right now he's starting shortstop, according to roster resource. He's going to be in a good lineup. Why don't you um, use the mute button, Doc? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the, the toy out of that. Um, but right now, I mean, they have him hitting ninth, but hopefully a lot of good counting stats. And now I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I like Gio Urshela. And I think he's somebody that is kind of a, a sneaky ad you can add later on in your drafts here. Cheesecake, you're somebody that is a big fan of Joey Wendell, who is not somebody that I think is talked about enough on a lot of these shows that year. I think he's kind of just slips between the cracks here. But he's efficient, and he's somebody that you should feel good about in your lineup. Why are you a big fan of Joey Wendell? He's going really late, and he was traded to Miami um, to to get full-time run um, down there. He looks like he's going to be hitting about sixth or seventh in the lineup. Um, and I think that he's not he's not flashy. He's not going to be um, he's not going to be 
a league winner for you, but he provides a lot of positional flexibility. He provides, you can play him at third or short or corner or mid. Um, and he's going to hit for an above average batting average with a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. And given the fact that I think he's going to be playing every day, his counting stats are going to be there for you uh, above average for the position uh, as th- at third base or as a middle infielder as well. So he's not he's not special, but he's not hurting you in any way, and he's going super late. So you can use him especially in like a DC. You can back up multiple positions with him. I currently have him as my corner in our triple players ball right now, and and I'm pretty happy with that because when you're going, you get him in like the what is that the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh round. You just you know you stack behind him. You can maybe get get a huge power bat to be your backup corner in case you want to load up on power one week or another, or on a weekend. I think he's a really useful player who you, who you can move around and who's not going to be hurting you. Yeah. But you did mention power. Joey Wendell must maybe not necessarily that, but Marty's guy, Matt Chapman is somebody that could provide that for you. And he thinks is a big bounce back guy this year at where he's going. Yeah, so Matt Chapman for me is currently the 16th uh, third baseman off the board. I have him ranked as my 14th third baseman. So, you know, I like the value there. And he, for me, and going back to the triple players ball, he's a perfect complement to an Alex Bregman, right? So he's going to be my starting third baseman. I needed a a good, um, a solid uh, corner infielder. And, you know, as you said, Matt Chapman brings the noise, buddy. 89th percentile max exit velocity, 86th percentile in barrel percentage. He's in the 91st percentile in walk percentage. So he's you know going to get on base. So that gives you an opportunity for some runs as well. Yes, he strikes out a ton. His XBA is in the third percentile. So you're going to have to have somebody to really offset it, whether it's a Michael Brantley later in the um, later in your draft or however you're going to boost up that average. You're going to have to do that. But the opportunity for 30, 30, 35 home runs is there. And what happens if he gets traded? I know I'm not putting you know my hat fully hanging it on that, but if he does get traded to let's say the Yankees or somewhere, I mean those numbers are going to go even go up more. So where he's currently at, and last year he was going way above where he's you know mm-hmm. way above um, 185. So yeah, Chapman, he's going to be a, a person that's going to give me tons of home runs, and he's getting pretty cheap. Do you think uh, didn't he have a wrist injury last year too? If I'm not mistaken, not that I'm aware of, but it's possible. I'll have to look in on that. I'm pretty sure he was hurt with some type of injury last year. I'll look at which one because he's somebody that also just now that he's healthy could go back to what we saw the year prior. Well, I'm looking that up really quick. I, I don't have any stats, but I just think Matt Chapman sucks. <laughs> you don't have anything to back that up. I mean, it's just the eye test. Like he just looked awful last year. Wrist injury aside, he looks like he didn't know how to hit a baseball. Oh, he had, okay. So Matt Chapman had season ending surgery on his hip in 2020 um he had a torn hip labrum that had been bothering me this yeah from march 2021 so i I don't know if there was anything necessarily last year no it shouldn't be i mean it's the sprint uh, speeds in the 76th percentile which is actually pretty um pretty amazing i never would have guessed that so i think his hip's good and i i really can't i mean if he he doesn't suck. I'll tell you that right now. You mm-hmm. have to put him into the context of what I was talking about, where you build up a third baseman, you build up your average, and you need someone that can give you those 30, 35 home runs at the corner infield position or at a shallow position in third base. It's possible he could have a bounce back at his average around 240, which is around the league average. And then you're, you're good to go, baby. 
I like that because you're pairing him with somebody else that can kind of help with his weaknesses. So I think that's a smart way to draft. But when I want to also talk smart, I always go back to Mark here. And who's this player in the 16 through 30 range that you're also not drafting too much of? And obviously the cost isn't necessarily too much, but maybe you're just not a fan of their game or just somebody that's burned you in the past. Why? Who are you fading in this range? Well, um, you just called taking Chapman a smart move. So I think I'm going to blow my um, appearance of being smart because I was going to say <laughs> Chapman right here. No, um, no, go ahead. What? Yeah, I think shoot Marty down. Yeah, I, I think here. Um, I, I think the injury was. I, I thought it was a little bit still last year. Uh, but I could be wrong on that, but you know the the swing and miss in this game, the two ten or so average. I think I've, I have a hard time building my teams and keeping that average up. So. You know, it may be an individual thing where just trying to uh, work around a 210 average from a guy who might get 600 plate appearances is something that I struggle with. So um, so I'm going to avoid him, uh, even if, you know, he can get you 30 home runs there at that spot. And that's an important part you bring up there is Marty's talking about pairing him with somebody they're struggling in. But, hey, maybe you need a certain, you know, category so much that you're like, I can't sacrifice this for that. You know, like you're like, hey, I need average. And I can't take Chapman here because he's going to just sink it for me. So I got to take guys like Gio Urshela or other guys that I know are going to give me that. Just a very much, you know, answer of team construction matters. But I do think that it's not completely a bad idea to fade Chapman if you think that he's not going to give you anything what you need at that point in the draft. So Matt Chapman's going to bat 240 this year. Put it on the board. We'll talk about it later. That's an improvement. Yay. There you go. I'm going to skip Doc because that cheer kind of threw me off a little bit. And I'm going to go to Cheesecake. For your fade in this range, you're a guy that uh, is not a big fan of, of, I believe, Mr. Patrick Wisdom on your own team, Cheesecake. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think Wisdom had a and, – and, and I met Patrick Wisdom's family um, at a state park in Maryland last summer. They were on oh, like right. a – they were on a road trip, and I was wearing Cubs gear at a state park, and – and they're like, yeah, well, you know, we're that's our cousin or something like that. And we talked about the Cubs for a few minutes. So I was, you know, this this is hard for me to say because I know his family, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, Wisdom had a forty percent K rate last year, and really a lot of what everyone loves about him happened in the first like month month and a half that he was with the team. He hit two eleven in the second half. His power is legit. He crushes the ball, but his strikeout rate is so high that um, I think it's possible he's going to lose a lot of playing time. He's also, I think, the most likely person to lose out if there is another signing on the infield for Chicago. I think he's the most likely person to lose out. Now, it, also, the a big thing for me is, like, this could be your build. Like, he, he could be the late power that you want. I just think he's kind of, a, you know, a poor person's uh, Joey Gallo in a way port like a Gary Sanchez type. And I just don't want to take that at third base when I, you know, the, I think if you're going to take some sort of a huge average hit, it's going to be for a guy for me who I think has possible 40 Homer or possible plus power like Sanchez. I might make that, but not at third base when I can, I can get uh power, a lot of power all throughout early third base. Uh, I don't need to sell out for late power. I don't want to take the batting average that I think is coming with wisdom. Do you think there's 30 home run power in that bat? Like, or do you think it's less? No, I think he has 30 home run power. 
he has hit, he hit 30 home runs twice in the minors hit 28 last season. Um, he has that power, but he needs to get the plate appearances. I think he, he's the most likely candidate to lose plate appearances on the infield. Um, you could see Horner or Madrigal moving to third if a shortstop is signed by the Cubs. And, and we know they're looking at shortstops. You know, they could also bring back, uh, they could bring back Chris Bryant. You know, the, the Cubs, who knows what they're doing right now. I, I think wisdom to me is, is the, the, the softest hold on this position out of the four infielders currently. All right. That's a lot from a Cubs fan too. So, Usually I think people have a little bit more insight when it's their own team. They can watch a little bit more every day when they play. And so I definitely take that with some, definitely some oomph behind it when Cheesecake's talking about Patrick Wisdom and fading him here. Marty, you're somebody that likes Matt Chapman, but you're someone that's fading Abraham Toro, who's in the same division. Now he's got the position flexibility, kind of came on a little bit with Seattle last year as kind of a useful piece. But it, maybe it's his draft price that you're not a fan of right here. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. I mean, what does he do well? Absolutely nothing. Look, over three seasons, over 561 plate appearances, he's batting 220 with a 299 OBP. He has 16 home runs and eight stolen bases. So you spread that over three seasons. I'm just not seeing it. You go to his stat cast numbers. Um, you know, uh, Mr. F- they remind me of Mr. Freeze, you know, to call out one of your old things. Uh, there's nothing here other than <laughs> he doesn't that strike back. I got to bring it back, but he doesn't strike out a lot. The only thing he doesn't do is um, like, he doesn't strike out that much. Everything else. There's nothing here. There's nothing in this profile that suggests to me that he's going to be able to hit 20 home runs or get you 15 stolen bases. He's playing on an improving Mariners team, but he's going to be hitting at the back of that lineup. And it, the the flexibility is fine. But when you look at who's going around him, I mean, Drew Orshella is right there. Josh Donaldson, just a little bit before I even like Candelario, um, Boom. I mean, you name it. I'd rather I I'd rather have wisdom, honestly. And I don't think it's wise to draft wisdom, but I would rather have him than Toro. Would you rather have him or Josh Young? Um, Josh Young. Let's do it. We get some prospect, uh, some pedigree there. I like him. All right. Well, I know in our drafts together, <laughs> Marty will not be taking Abraham Toro. No Maybe chance. I had him quick. last year. I picked him up. I was fully on it. And I've w- tried to pay attention to him game in, game out, and he just doesn't give you anything. There's no standout across the board. A rare, a rare agreement with Marty, even though that wasn't my guy. Yeah, but your guy is right on screen here. Somebody that is kind of very inconsistent to say the least, and but somebody that has stolen base upside in Jonathan VR. So even Doc, if you if you've punted on steals, Jonathan VR is not somebody that tickles your fancy here. No, I mean he had last year fourteen stolen bases, but seven caught stealing, and the fourteen bases were in one hundred forty-two games. And he's going to be 31 when the season starts. Like, there's a very real chance that his 25 plus stolen base upside is gone. And you're chasing what 10 or 15? Like at, at this point, I'd rather rather take like, and I know he's not a third base, but Dylan Moore. Like, if you're chasing steals, take someone that has a little bit more higher upside with that. And I don't, I don't think playing time is guaranteed. I think if there is an NLDH, it's going to be a Dom Smith or a Jeff McNeil or a JD Davis that benefits for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan VR at this point is not somebody I think you can count on to start because, you know, you know that he goes through slumps and he's now kind of, I think, kind of a defensive replacement. The, the, the most seasons he's been on a team is three. So, like, if he gets traded frequently, that means a team doesn't see production in him long term. Yeah. Let's really quick go around the horn to talk about our, our last guy here. And this is our late round gem. Somebody going after the 30th 
third baseman on the board, somebody that you're like, you know what? I'm going to try to target this guy as much as I can because his value is great. I think he's great, and he's going to be on a lot of my teams that I think are going to be great this season. So, Mark, why don't you kick us off? Who is your late-round gem? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Moustakis here. I think he's going to really benefit benefit from the, uh, D, uh, the DH in the NL. I mean, he doesn't really have a position per se, but um, I think he'll – as long as he's healthy and it appears he should be, I know it was an illness last year that cost him a lot of the time. Uh, I think he can, uh, you know, just a few years ago, he hit 35 homers, 87 RBIs and 80 runs in 2019, uh, hit 254. So if he can even come close to that, drafting him at, you know, 350 or so ADP, that's a, that's a great value there. So you, Mark, you and Marty both were the bad kids in class and did not do the assignment correctly because it was after pick 30 and he is pick 30 mark i'm gonna get or more right you know well the last category was 16 to 30 i must have run mine different because i got him at pick 33 when i ran last i think i just did dcs maybe i don't know yeah me mark did the exact same thing yep that's exactly what happened. (laughs) i should have known this was just a marty problem not a mark problem (laughs) i don't disagree with anything you said about him though i think he's a smash like you said with the nldh marty is there anything you would like to add because i know that's your guy too yeah, so in 2020, he signed a four-year uh, four-year deal for $64 million. That $64 million is all guaranteed. They have to play him. He's only 33 years old, so I know – I think people think he's older than he actually is. But with the, the perfectly said by Mark, the DH is implemented. He can still play third. They can maybe even move, move him over the second if they need to. Um, he has the opportunity. If he's Anytime he's actually played over 140 games, he's gotten at least 20 home runs. So staying healthy is going to be the main key for him. You're getting him free, whether he's the 30th pick or 30th uh, third baseman or the 31st. It doesn't matter to me. He's going to be great late addition. Yeah, and he's, again, like you said, the DH, the fact that he's younger than people think. He's got a lot of power in that bat. Maybe he even plays better just not playing in the field, which is something I think we can start looking at with – these guys that are going to play DHs and that they maybe their offensive profiles go up now that they don't have the defense to focus on. So he's yep. someone I'm intrigued with. And I love this park. Anytime you're playing in the great American small park, there's going to be tons of production. Marty, I feel like, I feel like you said he's younger than people think and saying he's 33 because you're trying to compliment yourself. I am 33 years old and I actually thought about that. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know you too. well, <laughs> Doc, you're a hundred dozer guy. Why? Yeah, well, I listened and I went the 31st. And I mean, look at this point at ADP 377, you're kind of taking just some dart throws on people. So third base outfield eligible. Now, look, he's likely going to hit for a low batting average. But I look in 2019, he hit 279 and that was in 139 games. So there is some potential upside, but a 15 floor home run. He had 16 in 2021, 26 and 19. Um, and with him, you really hope the K rate goes back down to around 25%, which is still high, but it was about 28% last season. Uh, but he just had his career best in launch angle and hard hit percentage. And he'll give you four to five steals. And I think with these later picks, if you can get someone that just chips a little bit there, you don't have to do you know a high upside guy earlier in the rounds just to chase steals. I, I absolutely hate that concept. All right. Cheesecake, give us the Cliff Notes version for your last guy here. Rugnet Odor is going to be playing. He still showed he had some good pop last season playing with New York. Zero stolen bases in New York last season. I don't 
necessarily attribute that to Odor. That could have been team context. That could have been where he was hitting in the lineup. He's going to be playing every day. He has second base and third base eligibility for the Orioles. And uh, they didn't pull back right field. So the power uh, potential for left-handers in in, in Baltimore is not going to be hurt as much as as the industry thinks it's going to be for right-handers in in Baltimore. Uh, I just think he has potential to be a power speed guy really late. Do you guys, Marty, this is going crossing over to our prospects episode, the call-up, if you haven't followed on YouTube, the call-up series, best prospect videos going out on YouTube these days. Do you guys like Rufen Odor? Do you like the Jose Miranda possibility of what he could do getting called up? Who would you take out of these two? Well, I will say because I did draft uh, Runet Ordor in the 29th round of the triple players ball. And so I am fully behind Art. Um, he, they're going to let him play. I mean, he's going to play 150 games. And yeah, they, they could call up you know, Miranda or whomever else. But at the end of the day, there's not too much talent on the Orioles. And they're, and they're going to let him play. So I'm, I'm not concerned about it. All right. Fair enough. Let's close out now our analysis segment. Let's put our triple play hats on for our question and game of the week. Starting with our question of the week, which is, of course is presented by Monkey Night Fight. As Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. If you're a new depositor, you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. All right, so our question this week was from Doc, and that question is, if you could talk with any MLB player, past or present, who would you want to talk to, and what would it be about? So, Mark, you're the guest. What is your answer for this question? Oh, my all-time favorite player is Jim Tomey, uh, by far. And I think, you know, being a country farm boy, I think from, I guess, from Iowa, uh, hearing what his experiences were like with uh, playing with Manny Ramirez, Albert Bell, that whole group of personalities that played on that team in the mid to late 90s. And then also Charlie Manuel. I mean, that guy, he was Tomey's uh, tutor. I'd love to hear some stories about Charlie Manuel because I think Charlie was a – big old farm boy as well. And I, you know, I think he and Jim Tomey probably got along great. Would love to just hear him talk about uh, that nineties Indians team and, and some of the characters that were, that were on that team. Jim Tomey seems like one of the nicest guys too. just the, the, what he gives off his like charisma. And when he's like talking on TV, you just, you're like, yeah, he seems like a, just a, a down to earth kind of dude. Yep. Doc, this was your question. Did you have somebody in mind when you came up with this question? Yeah, so I would love to talk to Honus Wagner. And I know we've kind of talked about this in the past, but the T206 Honus Wagner baseball cards, there is now... I have, I have one in my house, like over there. Okay, okay. There was There's roughly 60 that exist, and that's on the high end. There was approximately 50 to 200 plus made. Now, he destroyed all of them because they were in cigarette, or not all of them, but most of them, because they were in cigarette packages. And he didn't want kids to smoke. So my thing is between playing baseball, like where were they sold regionally? Like, how did he go about it? Did he just buy them in bulk and burn them? Did he, did he ask people so to get them and then burn, like buy them from him and burn them? Like, I'm just curious how he went about that. Cause he seems so dedicated to that craft. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's, he's become synonymous with the baseball card thing. So it, it is very interesting to get to kind of talk with him about how that all played out with him getting rid of all those cards. So I can see where you want to go with that. Um, cheesecake. What's your answer? Well, I'm, I'm, 
I feel so basic, but I would want to talk to Jackie Robinson. I'd want to talk about integrating the league. Uh, I think that would be a fascinating conversation. Also, I think Kurt Flood talking about uh, getting the way, rid of the reserve clause in baseball. I think those would be two fascinating conversations. Actually, let's do a roundtable with me, Jackie, and Kurt Flood. Art, you win with Kurt Flood. I can't believe that. Robinson's a basic answer. It's a good one. But Kurt yeah. Flood, that's a great one. All right. Marty, close this out for us. Absolutely. So I'm going to, uh, would love to talk to Roberto Clemente. So the mm. number 21 for the Pittsburgh Pirates, 15 time all-star, two times world series champion, 12 time gold glove. He finished with exactly 3000 hits, which is pretty incredible. And he batted 317 over his career. Now, tragically in 1972, he did die um, in a plane crash when he was actually trying to go over to Nicaragua because they just had a, a horrible earthquake. And he had heard that the Nicaraguan government was actually taking the supplies to keep for their for themselves. And so what he did is that he got tons of supplies. He hopped on a plane to actually fly over there to do it himself. Tragically, the plane did crash. Um, so what I would love to just sit down with him is just, I mean, he's one of the best humanitarian sports has ever seen. And so there's now the Roberto Clemente award, which is bestowed against the players that th- throw, let me baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions, both on and off the field. So I would just love to talk to him, you know, talk about baseball, talk about life and just kind of get that, um, like where'd that spark come from to put everyone first. You know, no matter how big of a guy he was, no matter how much everyone loved him, he was always willing to just go out of his way to help the average man. And I would love to sit down and talk to him about that. It was beautiful. Yeah. The dynamite answer. That's a good way to close out that segment because I think him, Jackie Robinson, the names you guys all mentioned, uh, but for different reasons. And I think that it'd be cool to talk to any of these guys and just to hear about their stories. But great way to close out that question of the week. And now we transition to the game of the week, which now we get from thinking and having a little bit of that type of conversation, a little bit more fun. And Doc's got the game. I'm afraid to see what it is. What are we playing, Doc? You know, so Marty inspired me a little bit last week by researching uh, players and their favorite TV shows. So now I researched players and their food preferences. So I got six questions here. Uh, each is multiple choice, and I will keep score because I'm a nice guy, contrary to popular belief. Oh, and so, uh, don't don't skip over people. Let them answer because that, <laughs> yeah, that no, host I, last time was awful. Yeah, yeah, I, I learned from those mistakes. So we're going to start with David, Marty, Art, and then Mark, and then rotate it around. And we got six total. Sound good? All right, all right. So this player's favorite food is avocado toast. Is it Freddie Freeman? Paul Goldschmidt, Lucas Giolito, or Andrew McCutcheon? I'm going to say Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. Marty? Lucas Giolito. Art? Giolito. And Mark? Giolito also. It's Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, big (laughs) avocado toast guy. All right, well, big Ofra for everyone. And Marty, we're going to start with you. This player drinks chocolate milk before every game. Is it Nolan Arenado, Jose Abreu, Amir Garrett, or Ronald Acuna? First off, chocolate milk and milk just in general is gross. But um, uh, Amir Garrett, because that's so random. I don't know why he's (laughs) in that list of people. (laughs) Amir Garrett. Art? Acuna. Mark? Uh, Arenado. All right. And David? 
I think I would know that about Arenado because you're such a big fan that you would have said this before. It has to be Amir Garrett or Ronald Acuna. Amir Garrett needs those the milk for when he fights his for his bones to be strong, <laughs> and then Acuna is like young and youthful with the milk. I think it's Amir Garrett. It's Arenado, and it's I knew, and I knew that you would think that about Arenado, which is why I put other people in there. So uh, I do know you, David. So mark nice on, job. mark on the board. Maybe we can end the game now. All right, Art, <laughs> we're starting with you for this one. This player buys honey during spring training to alleviate his allergies. Is it Charlie Blackman, Whit Merrifield, Kyle Tucker, or Bryce Harper? Oh, okay. I'm, I got two different directions in my head because I know that uh, local honey is supposed to help your allergies if you get honey from local bees. Um, that's, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Bryce. That sounds like yeah. a Bryce thing to me. Okay. Mark? I'm going to go with, for no particular reason, uh, Whit Merrifield. <laughs> Love the honesty, David. Whit Merrifield, when you said his name, I was like, that's the answer. So I'm going <laughs> Marty? Kyle Tucker. It's Bryce Harper. It is a Bryce Harper thing. Oh. Bryce Harper, a foodie. All right. So we got three questions left, and Mark and Art each have one, and I've done a good job with making this game difficult. So I'm happy about that. Also so, breaking news, Ryan Zimmerman announced his retirement. That's so. not, that's not I breaking that news. news in our um, group chat. If you ever paid attention to it, <laughs> I, I, tweet, I tweeted it out from the account six hours ago. Oh God. I've been out of the loop for all day. So sorry about that. Well, all right, real well, quick though. That means uh, more uh, at bats for Josh Bell at first. They're no longer going to let Ryan Zimmerman take his at bats. So God bless that. See you. All right, way, way to just take control of the game, Marty. all right this pitcher would get taco bell before every start his order would consist of three crunch wrap taco supremes with no tomato a cheesy gordita crunch and a mexican pizza is it aaron nola justin verlander chris sale or shane bieber that's a tough one um I don't think Verlander's wife would approve of that diet. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Chris Sale. David? Chris Sale was going to be my answer as well. Verlander. Verlander. It is Verlander. This was back wow. in his Detroit days. He went on, I, I, think, I think he went on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And, uh, and oh, that's about cheating. Vardy's a Detroit fan. <laughs> Love that Josh Bell. Kind of surprise a lot. Yeah, All right, we got two left. David, we're starting back to you. This former pitcher was a frequent at In-N-Out. His order was three double-doubles, two fries, and one chocolate strawberry shake. Oh, he has to be a heavy boy, okay. And keep in mind, there's only In-N-Outs on West Coast, so these are all West Coast pitchers. Okay. Matt Kane, Dallas Braden, Brian Wilson, or Tim Lincecum? I guess none of you boys. Um, I I feel like it, I'm going to say Tim Lincecum. Okay, Marty. I'm going to go Tim Lincecum because I could just see him getting you know smoking a little marijuana, you know, and then just getting so hungry that he just needs to pound some. Do, food. Do, does he smoke marijuana? Is this common knowledge? Tim Lincecum was once pulled over um, because oh, he had a right. bomb between his legs <laughs> while that's he was right. driving. <laughs> Tim Lincecum smokes the devil's lettuce. He that's most right. certainly does. Art uh, Matt Cain. 
I'll go with uh, Dallas Braden. All right. Well, the answer is Tim Lincecum. So, on the board. So going into our final question, and I'll be honest, I do not have a tiebreaker, so we'll just have to go with a tie. Uh, David has one, Marty and Art each have two, and Mark has one. So the last one, Marty, we're starting with you. This former player ate a PB and banana sandwich with a little honey before each game. Is it Lance Berkman, Adam Dunn, Adam LaRoche, or Prince Fielder? Adam Dunn. Okay. Art? Uh, Adam LaRoche. Mark? I'll go with LaRoche also. David? I can't agree with them if I want to win, so I'll go Prince Fielder. Well, you all got an offer because it's Lance Berkman. Oh, the one we all didn't say. <laughs> so, Marty and Art are the winner with two out of six. I, I, you know, we don't deserve to have one clear-cut winner. You each get a .5 for getting a 33%. <laughs> good job for me for doing a great game! We should all do it. Eventually, we have to, like, have the scores of everybody, like, all time, like, the around the horn does it where they like your all time wins or something. All time wins. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll right, have to David, figure that out. David, your job before next show is to listen <laughs> back to every episode and see. <laughs> no, that's nice. a perfect, get one of the interns to do it. That's a perfect. Oh, oh, yeah, yes. Marty's thinking already. All right. <laughs> on that note, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Ton of fun to have you here and be a part of the triple play gang tonight. I want to make sure we leave, leave here with you being able to say anything you want our audience to know as we sign off today. Just, uh, just thanks a lot, guys. This was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, I think, you know, PitchCon was a fantastic event. Um, I was lucky enough. I work from home right now, so I was able to listen while I worked to a lot of it. And, uh, you know, I looked at the prize. I thought this would actually be one of the coolest ones to actually be on the pod. And there were a couple couple pod opportunities. Um, so this is something that a regular guy who's a financial analyst in Columbus, Ohio, that's, you know, 50 years old, doesn't really get to do all that time, all that much. So this was really cool. I really appreciated it and uh, a lot of fun. I'll look forward to your guys, you know, weekly shows. And uh, over the course of the year, hopefully we have baseball here in the next few weeks. Hey, Mark, I just want to say you, my guy, you work from home. Like I do. You love Arenado. You hate Mondesi. I think I just met a new best friend. A financial analyst sounds better than the job I have. <laughs> and Mark, I hope we can get you back on sometime in the future too, because you're a great guy and real asset to the show. So, um, Thanks, guys. Of course. And everybody that watches Triple Play Fantasy on YouTube or you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you guys each and every week. Next week, we're going to break from our position previews just for one week. We're going to do a mock draft, a live mock draft. As we're getting some people in, it's going to be fun. We'll do 5 by 5 Roto. It's going to be a blast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But until then, everyone be safe. Happy drafting. And we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.